Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to season 4 of Convert Central. Here in Convert Central, we bridge the gap between Muslims from all backgrounds in Singapore, regardless of whether you are converts, born Muslim, or prospective Muslim. Our podcasts are uploaded on Mondays and Fridays, and our community events are held every month. Be sure to join us whenever you can and let us know how we can do better on our social media platforms like Instagram or TikTok. Recommend any of your convert friends to us so that they can share their stories via the forms you can find on our Instagram bio. So from all of us to you, we pray that this new season is enjoyable and beneficial. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, uh, today we are on the second episode of our Ramadan series, My First Ramadan, where we feature the first Ramadan experience of a lot of people in our community, be it we are born Muslims, we are converts or we are Asatizas, there is a starting point for our Ramadan. And if you are first time, if you did this is your first time fasting, you know, uh, be it you're a convert or born Muslim, coming back to Islam, you know, um, perhaps it might be difficult for you guys when you guys are experiencing your first Ramadan. Beyond the fast itself, you guys might be, you know, faced with many, many new types of worship. For example, Draway, some du'as, uh, some ways, some ways that we can, you know, uh, improve our fast. It might be overwhelming for you in the very first time that you're experiencing Ramadan. So this series is for all of you guys who might be finding it difficult. Uh, and this is to remind you guys that everyone starts somewhere, you know. And uh, today we are very honored to have a uh, very esteemed guest speaker with us, Ustazah Hidayah. So, alhamdulillah, uh, let me just give a short introduction about Ustazah Hidayah first. Uh, she's a content creator who actively shares her daily reflections through videos on Instagram. And uh, she spent 12 years of education at Madrasa Aljunit before furthering her studies in University of Malaya. And she specializes in Usuluddin. So alhamdulillah, without further ado, I'd like to invite her to the podcast. Maybe Ustaz, you could tell us a little bit about yourself and also what are you working on, uh, you know, on free time as a satiza. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh um, to our amazing co-hosts for this uh, podcast and definitely okay. to all who are tuning in and listening. Uh, so um, as introduced, I'm Noor Hidayah and um, I believe that most of you would know me um, from the standpoint of an asatiza lah. So uh, I'm an ustaza. Some of the introductions has been given earlier, perhaps just to share with um, I am also part of the the initiative or the brand called Bai Haifa Group. So taking up, Alhamdulillah, the role as um, Chief Creative Officer. So really the whole idea of the platform is to actually be that powering house of idea, whereby we really hope to enable lives and generations through quality and uh, established initiatives so which is why uh, when you you know if you were to see the profile under by Haifa we actually have a few platforms uh, whereby we have Better Than Yesterday Hustle With Purpose You Be Well as well as Brothers of Strength so these are actually platforms where brothers and sisters alike can actually reach out to and find means of support like for example for BTY or Better Than Yesterday it's for um, sisters to come together and work towards betterment Hustle With Purpose focuses on um, Islamic finance You Be Well focuses on general wellness then we also have Brothers of Strength which is also focusing on uh, working towards betterment that support circle but particularly for the brothers. So that is roughly a little bit about myself. And if you have time to visit, you know, these platforms, inshallah, you'll be able to see me as well. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, Staza Hidayah, for the beautiful introduction of yourself. I think a lot of uh, listeners are very excited just you know, hearing your voice on this podcast. And I, I myself have friends who are big fans of you. So I think they are very yeah. jealous of you right now. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So uh, let's dive straight into this very exciting episode, our very first episode on 
Ramadan. And I think it's uh, something that all Muslims hold so closely to our hearts. And I think the new Muslims especially, they can be excited but also very nervous about it. So let's just uh, dive back in our minds, you know, and recount our very first Ramadan. How was it like for you, Ustazah? Do you remember your very first Ramadan where you actively tried to fast all the days and how was it like for you, inshallah? Okay, to be honest, regards to my very first Ramadan, I don't have like exactly like for example a specific date or a specific year for that matter because um, Alhamdulillah I am a born Muslim and Alhamdulillah I also have parents who are practicing so in which that you know this whole experience of fasting this whole experience of Ramadan um, has been exposed to me from a very young age but of course um, you know it comes with our own sets of challenges but if I were to share for example when I began fasting was definitely when I was very much younger lah, when I was lesser definitely lesser than 12 years of age but of course what memories I had of that was a process of learning to pick up fasting for an entire month because based on what we know right fasting is um, throughout the whole of Ramadan and like any other person who would approach Ramadan or fasting for the very first time it may be very daunting to want to do that particular worship every single day right for the entire month so vivid memories of what I had would be you know my mom telling me that it's okay you know just start with one day even if you're not able to fast an entire day you know you can also fast half a day so at least it's like a it's like a starter it's something that you can warm up to and then um, there will be days where you know she would then reward me in the process and then she'd say okay now you manage to fast half a day shall we try one day right and then definitely it will escalate from there like one day to um, a few days a few days to a week and then eventually weeks after weeks after week, then up to an entire month. So, um, you know, be it if you are starting to fast at a very young age or only starting it now, the reality is that it is not easy to want to fast an entire month at one go. So definitely working on our own pace is very much important. So to answer that question from a very young age, but I would say that a solid experience of fasting would perhaps happen sometime while I was in uh, secondary school. And of course, because that was like the age of where uh, we reach puberty, that was the age whereby we are given, you know, that a responsibility to take care of ourselves, take care of our own worship and things like that. So having, feeling that response, uh, responsibility, uh, I started to then, you know, take up initiatives to really ensure that I fast accordingly. Thank you so much, Ustaza, for sharing. Alhamdulillah, I think uh, we are born Muslims. Like, I'm a born Muslim myself as well. And I think we are really very blessed to have had this gradual introduction from even before we were uh, required to fast to already be exposed to it. While our convert brother and, brothers and sisters, I mean, uh, inshallah, they will get rewarded for all their struggles that they go through to be like, you know, thrown into it suddenly. And it's already compulsory for them when they first get introduced to it. So may Allah ease for all our converts, uh, brothers and sisters this upcoming Ramadan and make it a very blessed time for everybody, inshallah. Uh, I think uh, adding on to that, like as like for me as well, it was like a very gradual thing, right? But for me, I found to think about my first time, I, like fasting in general, not just my first time, but the first many, many years until very much recently, fasting was just a month of food for me. 
which is so weird, right? Because usually fasting is a month of fasting, like, you know, not, not refraining from food. But because my family like to, you know, like make iftar a very big deal. Like we will buy like all the kueh kueh, the onde onde, curry puff. Every day got curry puff, at least six, seven curry puff and we are only family of four. So it's like, <laughs> like the whole month, right? It's just, wow, we're going to eat a lot, that kind. So I think if I were to look back, right? Like my first, first experience of fasting wasn't exactly the most accurate experience that Allah would have wanted us to have in a way because it's like the the purpose or like the the focus is a bit mismatched in that sense but I think like adding on to your point like we all start somewhere I think Brother Siddiq was saying earlier so like no one starts uh, like their first ever Ramadan perfect even born Muslims like us we all start like a bit confused like just try law like try half day then like our our in- intentions and our motivations are also a bit misplaced sometimes like for me it's just to you know eat the good food like see what my mom is cooking for the day but inshallah we will all get there and like I think we are all at a place now where we can share our very uh, meaningful touching Ramadan which I hope we will get into later inshallah so let's see what is the next question okay next question is what were the challenges that you met you know and how do you get past these challenges maybe you can just share uh, three key challenges that you had growing up until today okay so following up from i guess what you shared also with regards to food so definitely i would think of course the pros of being introduced to fasting at an early stage or at a young stage would be that we have time to get used to the entire process Um, but perhaps part of the journey would then miss out on an important part which is the purpose of fasting Right, because a lot of times it's like, oh, okay, you know, you're not supposed to eat from this time to this time, and then when Margaret comes along, okay, now you can eat uh, whichever that you'd like. But I would think that um, it's beautiful to perhaps, although for our brothers and sisters uh, who might only experience Ramadan quite recent yeah, into their age, they might feel like you know they've been thrown into this entire experience. But like in a way, in the best most merciful way of Allah SWT, you are being placed in that situation with a better understanding of why you are approaching Ramadan. Like as compared to when I was younger, it was more of like, okay, no food, no drink. But only when I slowly grew up and then slowly I learned more about the religion um, purposefully, that is where I started to realize that, hey, you know, fasting is not just about restraining myself from food and drink, but it's about really taking care of myself, taking care of my desires, attaining a greater purpose uh, for that whole entire experience. So, I'd say definitely all the experiences would come with its like pros and cons, but Allah SWT places us at the best places, inshallah. But speaking about right um, challenges, definitely the challenge would come by at the food and drink, of course. You know, it's just a normal human experience when you are restrained or restricted from something, the more that you want it. And I think that is also where we learn a lot about gratitude as well. Like on a normal basis, you, you just be looking at food and drink and then you just, you know, be eating whenever you'd like, wherever you'd like. But the kind of pattern that we will slowly notice would be when we start to approach nearing Ramadan, okay, I want to make sure that I, you know, eat this food, that food, you know, perhaps in Ramadan, I'll be restricted from the entire experience. So you become much more grateful servants, inshallah. So, uh, growing up, one of the challenges would be that food and drink. And if I can share like um, what my uh, parents have helped me in the process, particularly my mom, you know, as you mentioned, right, we prepare food for um, the breakfast. Um, and then sometimes, or most times in Ramadan, 
all the food looks exceptionally good. Or, or what would happen would be my mom would prepare like be it a feast or a simple meal, but she will always dedicate like a certain dish for those who fast. For example, if the agreement was okay, if you're able to fast half a day, then you can get access to this food. Or if you manage to fast, you know, the entire day today, then you can get access to like this special dish, this special food, and then this special drink. So there will there were days whereby when I was growing up, um, certain days I did not manage to actually fulfill the fasting, uh, because I was still at my um trial and error phase. So there will be days where we have to sit up from actually eating that special food or that special drink because you know it's not for me, you know, because I did not manage to fast for a full day, for example. So that in itself really gave me uh, a great push of motivation and inspiration because I can get access to something special, something rewarding. And uh, perhaps, you know, that experience could also be something that we can try to apply also in terms of that reward system. It's not just about, you know, when I manage to fast, then I'll just, you know, break fast accordingly. But I want to reward myself for that effort because definitely it's not easy. Whether we have been fasting our entire lives or we are only starting to fast, you know, quite recent, at the end of the day, Fasting itself is a process. Fasting itself is an effort. And um, it's not easy if Allah SWT wouldn't make it easy for us. So what has helped through that um, challenge, I'd say, is uh, finding something rewarding so that you'll continue to push on. And definitely with regards to reward, it's different to each and every one of us. But that would be when I was um, quite young. <laughs> but... Quite recent, uh, when we speak about challenges in Ramadan, it would definitely be to really soak in not just the vibes of Ramadan, but to really hold on to the meaning of Ramadan throughout the entire process from the beginning up until the very end. Because a lot of times we would have like conversations on consistency. But what consistency really means is going through the entire process from the very beginning to the very end still having the same level of interest, enthusiasm, and quality. So a lot of times you would think consistency is like, oh, as long as I do it every single day, that's good. But consistency really is how excited you were at the very beginning. If you are consistent to the very end, it means that throughout the process, up until the very end, you are still at the same level of excitement. You are still at that level of uh, commitment, right? Still at that same level of quality. So Personally, for me, um, it's a yearly challenge, something that I'm still um, currently working on, but definitely revisiting the verses of the Quran, learning again and again, right, about the virtues of Ramadan uh, would really be a helpful approach for me. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, this is such an interesting solution that I just, I've actually never heard of it that fasting gets difficult then at the end of our fast we can kind of like give ourselves incentive to you know complete the fast i think this is even applicable for myself going for years going into you know uh my, my ramadan i wanted to also add on that i think uh for for born muslims when you guys start your ramadan early in your life life right uh, it's quite different from us converts when we start ramadan uh maybe at mid-20s um, our you know uh, prerogative when we start Ramadan is probably not because of family influence, but probably it's because um we 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 really like kind of embrace that Muslim identity and we realize okay if we want to embrace Islam as a whole then we have to start fasting, and and I think you're right Ustazah when, when we when we actually do that we really soak in the purpose of of Ramadan, 
uh, I think a lot of us get uh, very distracted also because the, the thing that is always very scary about Ramadan is, is the fast. It's the food and drink. We always, that's the first thing we think about when we think about Ramadan, right? But actually, you know, the after fasting for a few years, you actually realize that the thing that is scary in, the, in Ramadan itself is it's not just the fast, but it's being consistent for Ibadah and also your Iman then for the entire month. Most of us for the first week, we, we, you know, we, we feel like we can do it. You know, and we're like, okay, we're going to do everything you want to do. And then the second week, you get a little bit tired. The third week comes and, okay, uh, Layatu Kota is going to come. Let's prepare for it. And then exiting Ramadan, we kind of feel a little bit lethargic uh, at, at the end of it. And, and that's really, honestly, the challenge is, as you mentioned, like holding on to the meaning of Ramadan and maintaining motivation throughout. Uh, and also the solution you mentioned is also something that is also uh, very important. That's why we always um, recommend the the suggestion of having a community that supports us, right? Visiting the purpose of why we fast, also having people around us to fast together with throughout that month of Ramadan, that will make your first Ramadan so much easier, you know. Perhaps the first time that we fast, we're not able to, you know, motivate ourselves to fast, but, you know, on our own. We're not able to motivate ourselves to pray throughout it on our own. That's okay, you know. We, it, it's good that we have people around us that can pull us to do, you know, acts of worship in the month of Ramadan itself, you know. And sometimes... Uh, even there, there are also sharings in the month of Ramadan, perhaps 45 minute short, uh, 45 minute short uh, sharings about verses of the Quran that we can attend to, you know, uh, really um, drive in the, the point of, of Ramadan, which is the month of the Quran. So uh, indeed, I think uh, you know, your challenges and even though converts and born Muslims have a different start point when it comes to Ramadan, most of the time, the challenges that we face are pretty similar, you know, um, beyond just the, the lack of uh, family influence most of the time for, for us converts, right? Um, the solution more often than not is, is with a community. A lot of things can be made easier. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your experience. And, and I think this really helps even for myself, you know, going four years into uh, being a Muslim and going for my fourth Ramadan this year. All right. So I think we've, we've discussed a lot about the, the, the meaning of Ramadan, right? As you've also mentioned, uh, most of the time we see Ramadan as the month of fast. Uh, and, but we forget that the month of Ramadan is also the month of the Quran. So, you know, talking about the the actual significance of Ramadan. I just wanted to ask, like, what does Ramadan mean to you? Uh, you know, as as a Muslim coming to Ramadan every single Ramadan, what does it mean to you? That is a very reflective question, and I think that we don't always ask ourselves this question, right? It's always about oh, you know, the purpose of Ramadan, the experience of Ramadan, but not much about what Ramadan means to me. But I would think that um, the way I see Ramadan is very much different um, every single year. Because, you know, apart from you know, the recent pandemic <laughs> and things surrounding that, um, if I can share leading up to that a few years before, um, I'd say it could be around like five to six years ago. And that was when I first really started to ask myself, what does Ramadan mean to me? And definitely to be asking myself that question, it started off with, trying to associate meaning to the entire experience because human beings are, you know, meaning-making machines. We want to find meaning in all of the things that we do. Without meaning, we don't find purpose. And um, at that moment in time, I was really asking myself, like, okay, Hidayah, like, what does Ramadan mean to you, right? What is Ramadan for you, to you? But interestingly, starting from that year onwards, I started to realize that every single year, every Ramadan has been pretty much a different experience for me. Like there will always be 
one significant experience that will happen every single Ramadan. And reflecting on that, right, uh, because a lot of things happened. There was a year whereby I was admitted to the hospital for like some um, health difficulties in Ramadan. There was a year whereby um, I was still studying, so I was away from my family. So having to experience Ramadan alone, there was a year whereby um, I experienced Ramadan in uh, a different country because of because I was doing some humanitarian work. It was yeah. So every single Ramadan, it was just a different experience altogether, and at least safely said where I'm at right now. Um, what Ramadan means to me really is a chance for me to learn more about myself and to learn more about Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because I am, am a strong believer that where Allah puts you is a place for you to learn. Right, and a lot of times, if Allah SWT doesn't put us in those moments, we are not able to pick up on these important lessons. Be it about life, about ourselves, or about Him. And you know, the more that I learn about myself, I learn more about Allah SWT. The more I learn about Allah SWT, you know, I have better awareness of myself. So, safely put, what Ramadan means to me is a moment of learning about myself, about my Creator, and of course, about my religion. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that was so beautiful. Like the whole, the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn about Allah and then vice versa because we are truly like, like parts of Him because He put His nur in us and we are all different parts, you know, but all come together, we are still like His creations and like I, I just love how you are so in tune with that and like inshallah, we can all like you know, reach that level one day and in this coming Ramadan inshallah. And I think what you said about how you had every year be like since ever since you asked yourself that question, then you realize that oh, every year the Ramadan is different. I think that really like hit home for me also because before that moment where I like reflected about Ramadan, I also feel like every single Ramadan in, in all my previous years was a blur, like like the same. Like every Ramadan is just star food, star food, star food. Like it's nothing else. And then Ramadan bazaar, like oh bazaar, bazaar time to go with friends. It's every every year is the same. It's just a photocopy. But ever since I asked myself that, then I'm like, why was this year different from last? Like what is the difference? Then I realized because like you said, we are always in different situations. And more so than being in different physical situations like what you were sharing, I think we are also different mentally and emotionally because of the all the 11 months that have like the 11 months happening leading up to Ramadan, like it makes us such a different person every year. Whether good for the better or for the worse, inshallah, it's always for the better. But yeah, I, I think that really like, uh, I, I could really relate to what you said. So thank you so much for sharing. Inshallah, we're able to be better like, each time and each Ramadan is just more and more beautiful and we eventually lead to the best Ramadan ever before we meet him, inshallah. Yeah, so you were saying that you personally experienced the beauty about four or five years ago, right? Do you mind sharing? Like, what triggered you to go and ask yourself this question? I'm very curious. Like, you, 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 and I mean, you were studying in the madrasa for many, many years already. But why this moment, 2015 or 2016, then you like suddenly want to ask yourself? Okay, so um, you did the math for me. <laughs> okay, um, I I would think what really was the first triggering point was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the first experience was really about the health situation that happened. Lah. Yeah, so it was quite difficult because 
Um, I wasn't in Singapore. As mentioned earlier, I studied in uh, University of Malaya. So although it's only in Malaysia, but um, it's still, you know, a six hours drive um, away from home. So when that entire um, experience happened, it was actually um, leading up to Ramadan or somewhere in Ramadan. Yep. So it's not just about Ramadan, but that entire experience really allowed me to like have moments, great moments like, of contemplation. And because that particular experience also helped me grow um, in my faith, in my trust, in my reliance upon Allah SWT. Because at that moment, I was just placed in a position that I didn't have anybody else. That whole thing happened at 3 a.m. And then like, yes, I was in uh, in my hostel, but everybody was in their rooms, everybody was sleeping. And then we were, uh, like our rooms were at the highest floor. And then um, some railings weren't um, safe. <laughs> so like, while I wasn't uh, greatly conscious at that moment in time, you know, the distance from where I was to go back to my room felt far. And I wasn't in control of my steps, of myself. And I keep banging into like, you know, the doors, the dustbin and things like that. And it happened so the railings were there as well. So in my head, of course, at that moment in time, I couldn't think about that possibility. But after experiencing that, I realized that there was so much danger around me. But then again, you know, I only had Allah and Allah really helped to save me in that in the entire process lah. so because of that entirety it really it really brought that great connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and which is why going through the next few days of the experience and then leading up into Ramadan and especially you know when you're admitted into the hospital uh, especially at night you're alone right of course there are other patients but you are alone by yourself and that is where you know it can get scary but at the same time, it can also build on your reliance upon Allah SWT. At least that was for my experience. So what really triggered for me to ask about that question on Ramadan was, interestingly, if I can share, um, I was supposed to be admitted into like, you know, a certain class ward, but, you know, the rooms or the beds weren't available. So I was just waiting out, you know, in the holding facility for like, for a bit for a few hours then suddenly oh okay you know we got a bit for you but it's not um of the of the class that you are um you are given or you know based on the insurance and things like that so but of course at that moment in time i just wanted to you know rest and recover so that was when they just give me the bit and i was like oh okay you know i am fine with whichever and when i was Given that bit, right? Um, definitely, it was a class better <laughs> than um, what I was supposed to receive. So on that note, so Alhamdulillah, Allah has made it easy. But if you want to know, the bit that I was given is actually in the ward or the level of the people who are going through dialysis. So like everybody was going through, you know, that dialysis treatment, like in and out of the ward. And then I'm the only one who is very much different because I'm not experiencing any similar um, health difficulties per se. So I saw people going in and out of the ward and then, you know, from morning up until the night, and then I saw their, you know, difficult experiences. Um, and 
that question came to me when, you know, Ramadan was there, like, oh, you know, this is the kind of Ramadan that they are experiencing. What, what would it feel like to, to experience Ramadan in their shoes or in their position? So, which is why that was the point where I asked myself, like, what kind of Ramadan have I, you know, been experiencing? What kind of meaning have I been associating it to Ramadan? And, you know, were there many moments or many years that I have not practiced much gratitude to be able to experience Ramadan in health, right? Um, in be good health physically, emotionally, spiritually, and all of those sorts. So those moments of um of being so-called alone <laughs> allowed me to ask myself those questions. But really a great big factor was being in the presence of those who were struggling with their health. And um, thinking about them then brought me to think about myself on that question. Yeah, so then that experience is something that I continue to hold on to um, every single Ramadan, you know, asking myself the question, the things that I can learn. And yeah, very much grateful of that experience. It has brought me to a better appreciation. Lah. This is, mashallah, this is, this is great, man. Like, uh, subhanAllah, I feel like I just listened to a miracle happening. Uh, we, we talk about Ramadan miracles, right? And indeed, this is, it sounds like it's a Ramadan miracle indeed. Like, subhanAllah, we always hear like, there is no hardship or sacrifice that ends with the, the attainment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like, subhanAllah, like what bigger miracle it is, uh, you know, there, there can be when we, when Allah gives us a hardship and it changes our entire perspective on, on Ramadan, right? The, the month in which Allah's mercy comes down in the most vastness of, of quantities, right? SubhanAllah. I was just at the class earlier uh, last week and Ustaz Mukhtar was saying that uh, a sign of good Iman is that when, we, when Ramadan is approaching, we are not dreadful or we are not scared, but rather we are happy. Because this is the month in which Allah's mercy descends the most. And subhanAllah, I feel like, you know, with that hardship for you, that really changed like the way you approach Ramadan, you know. And, and even for us right now, uh, even right now in 2022, right, we can even apply the, the lesson learned from your experience to, to our Ramadan this year. Like every year, there are people suffering around the world who are Muslims. In a war, be in a pandemic. As, as Singaporean Muslims, we are, we are so lucky and blessed to be in Singapore that where we, are so, we have so many privileges that we always, almost always forget to be grateful for. SubhanAllah. And, and every Ramadan is a chance for us to remind ourselves that we are in Singapore, we are fasting and it's easy for us to fast. You know, and, and you know, in other countries, it might, not even, it might not even be easy for them to be Muslims even. And they still have to fast, subhanAllah. And uh, I, I, with, with that you know, understanding and that reminder in mind, every one of us can elevate our Ramadan to, to another level of gratitude and understanding of us as creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that was, that was such a great sharing. Thank you so much, Ustaz. I really, really appreciate it. This was supposed to be Hafiz's portion to conclude and synthesize, but you know, she's in tears right now. That's why I had to step in, subhanAllah. <laughs> so thank you so much for your sharing, Ustaz. Uh, I think you know, there's so much learning points for not just for our listeners, but for myself and Hafiza as well. And um, let's, let's move on to the advice then like for, for our listeners at this point of time um for those who have just begun fasting their first ramadan right uh what advice can you give uh to them you know sometimes they're facing difficulties how can they uh what, what kind of advice can you give for them so that they can be inspired to complete their ramadan in a successful manner okay inshallah so to acknowledge that that it's uh, not easy to you know 
experience Ramadan for the very first time, definitely. Um, and you know, be if you have you know the supports from, uh, the support from the people around you or otherwise, you know, everybody is going through their own unique experience coming into Ramadan, and um, you know, as difficult or as challenging as it may be for you, especially if it's your very first time, um, I will also want you to always remember lah that. You know, Allah SWT will always be with you to accompany you and be there with you through that very first experience. And the thing that we have got to really understand and always remember about Allah SWT is that He appreciates efforts. He appreciates every single drop of effort that you have put in. Even if at the end of the day, you are not able to attain you know, a certain product, you are not able to attain a certain um, objective that you have set for yourself. But Allah knows how much it took for you to be in this position, to go through the entire experience and to at the, at the end of the day, reach where you hope to be, inshallah. So that would definitely be the first thing that I'd like to share. Um, secondly would be, as much as perhaps, you know, going into Ramadan could be, you know, a first for you, for the listeners, for anybody. Um, one thing that we have got to be real and honest with ourselves is that sometimes it can be slightly pressuring because you see the people around you having experiences prior experiences right to Ramadan and then like you know now this is your first time doing that and it's only normal for the human being to like set some kind of expectations upon themselves to want to experience the Ramadan on top of still you know having fears worries and concerns about experiencing Ramadan for the very first time and in reality those expectations could either come from or could snowball also into an unconscious competition that we might have you know within ourselves meaning that you know i see for example the sister or the brother next to me right they have been you know doing um, great worship you know great fasting and if there is a motivation for goodness then alhamdulillah right that is good but sometimes we start to view an experience as a means of, oh, I need to do better than this other person, right? Um, what I'm doing is too little as compared to what my brother or my sister is doing. So it's only normal for the human being to start, you know, feel like this path of betterment suddenly turns into a path of competition. Although sometimes, or for the most time, we're not saying that, oh, I'm trying to compete with him or I'm trying to compete with her. But it's only normal for, you know, the human being to see that when somebody does more, Right, it's either two things like one, you are inspired to do more, right, to please Allah SWT. The other would be, you know, I don't feel good about myself that I'm doing so little, right? I've got to do more. So, this is where you know, a reminder perhaps for all of us, definitely for myself, first and foremost, is to understand that when it comes to betterment, definitely it's not a competition. Uh, if I can share what has been mentioned in one of the books, lah where it is titled um, uh, Az-Zuhud wa Rokoik. So basically, it speaks about, um, you know, how we are able to provide tenderness to our hearts. Um, and then um, that is where it was mentioned by Ibn Mubarak, where he uh, reported that Aun Ibn Abdullah actually mentioned this. So again, this is not a saying of the Prophet, right? But this is actually attributed to the companions of the Prophet as well as the pious predecessors. Lah. So where... Um, it speaks about, you know, there was a time where this particular man, uh, he advised his son um, and he said, he said, oh my son, it is important for you to be mindful 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then what's beautiful are the words that comes after that, where it says, um, if you are able to do better or to be better than you were yesterday, and if you are able to be better tomorrow as compared to how you are today, then do so. So first thing we see about that concept of being mindful of Allah SWT, right? that awareness, that objective of wanting to please Allah SWT, but that process comes together with the act of betterment. Always thinking about how can I be better tomorrow as compared to today? How can I be better today as compared to yesterday? So perhaps those who might be going to Ramadan, you know, for the very first time or for the very first few tries, you know, don't view Ramadan as like an entire month because it might be a little bit too much for you. But perhaps take it one day at a time, right? Assess yourself. How did I do for today, right? And what steps can I take on gradually tomorrow? How can I do slightly a little bit more tomorrow? How can I improve tomorrow a little bit more and the next thing you know it's already the entire month so really instead of taking it as one entire month really to keep one step at a time one day at a time so that it's not overwhelming for you because yes we are overwhelmed with great excitement you know with great joy that Ramadan is here but together with that sometimes we might also feel overwhelmed because we have like an entire 28-29 days of you know, objective and aim or target to attain. So if you are blessed with today, right, focus on all of your energy and your thoughts for today. And then if you are blessed with tomorrow, then you focus on what you have for tomorrow. Which also brings me to, um, I would think, a narration that perhaps some of us might have heard of before. If it's your first time, then it's fine also. But it's, well, it actually speaks about consistency, right? So it's mentioned in Sohi Al-Bukhari. Uh, that it was narrated um, beautifully uh, by Aisha, which is the wife of the Prophet wasallam, And uh, particularly what she took from the Prophet wasallam, he wasallam, actually said, um, or she was actually asking Rasulullah wasallam, um, So she was asking, like, what are the deeds which are most beloved to Allah? And then that was where Rasulullah replied, he said, Adwa muha wa inkalla. Those which are done consistently, even if they are small or even if they are a few. So a lot of times when we learn this hadith, we only learn up until that part. But did you know there is an extension to that hadith, which is important because it gives context to being consistent. So um, the Prophet actually added, he said, Iklifu, right? Matutikun. So that actually means, right? Don't take upon yourself or don't put too much pressure upon yourself. And then the second part, it says, accept the deed which is within your ability or within your capacity. So a lot of times we would say, oh, consistent is like, you know, I have an entire list of things to do or particularly with regards to Ramadan. And I, and I want to achieve all of that in Ramadan. In reality is that there are certain things that is within our capacity. There are certain things that is outside you know, of our um, circle of capacity and we have got to be honest and real with ourselves on that. And even Rasulullah SAW also said, right, yes, you be consistent even if they are small, they are few, they are loved by Allah SWT. But when you want to take that step of consistency, do what you can. Start from where you are able to and then definitely if you want to upgrade, if you want to work on being better every single day of Ramadan, then take small steps 
gradually as you grow uh, as you go along. Just recently, I was just sharing with uh, some of the brothers and sisters is to grow right together with uh, Ramadan. Right, don't feel like oh, you know, this Ramadan I have to grow on my own. Like I have to do so much, but as Ramadan progresses, I also want to progress slowly at my own pace and at my own capacity. So, if there are you know some of the thoughts for or suggestions for Ramadan, then I would say it's those few things lah. Right, take it slow, work towards better mind. Um, it's not a, it's not a race, right? It's a marathon, and to do things which are within your capacity, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much Ustazah for sharing. There's so many like golden nuggets of knowledge in everything that you said. I feel like I need to go back and listen as well, like, you know, take notes. <laughs> Mashallah, so beautiful. I think on that note, right, Ustazah, you were saying, emphasizing so much on this consistency, good deeds, uh, things, uh, acts of ibadah that we can do in Ramadan, but make sure that we don't over-pressurize ourselves. So is it okay for us to ask you a personal question? What are the sunnah acts or like, you know, new acts that you want to take on of worship for this coming Ramadan that you are going to try to keep consistent on that note, consistency. Okay, Bismillah. So, um, definitely quite a personal question, but most times we learn a lot from people's personal stories. So, definitely, um, the question is beautiful, right? Like, it's the sunnah that we want to adopt in Ramadan because it's beautiful how we have, like, a plethora of sunnahs, you know, to choose from and to actually work on uh, and to see what works. Personally, for me, what I have been trying to work on, um, you know, for the past few months and at least one that I would like to, you know, take the opportunity of Ramadan to build, you know, on this momentum and build on this sunnah um, would be to be much more consistent in my time for tahajjud with Allah SWT. Because a lot of times, um, the tahajjud experience would be, okay, I wake up slightly early before subuh prayers and then I perform you know, tahajjud for a while then I wake up for subuh and so on. So the sunnah that I'm really looking at really is to want to wake up way beyond you know, um, subuh in itself or, or the fajr prayers or the morning prayers in itself to... Um, have more time particularly for tahajjud and making it a consistent and conscious effort you know every single day and definitely while building that momentum in ramadan i hope to bring it outside of ramadan because usually when it comes to ramadan there will always be like a great hype for like um night prayers tahajjud you know and things like that but we don't necessarily bring it outside of ramadan um in that quality or in that manner so that is the kind of sunnah that I am looking at, lah, particularly for this Ramadan. And um, partly because um, it's something that my dad, you know, always like reminds me, you know, like when you need something, when you want something, when you hope for something, one of the best times for you to ask from Allah is actually during the final third of the night, lah, the time of the tahajjud. And it is actually a hadith that was mentioned in both Bukhari and Muslim, whereby Allah SWT, you know, he descends uh, from the lowest uh, of the heavens, right? Uh, in the last day of every night. And then Allah is calling upon, you know, who uh, or where are those, right, who uh, want Allah SWT to fulfill their du'as. So Allah is there to answer 
where are those who wants Allah SWT to forgive them? Yes, <laughs> to forgive them. You know, that is, a, that is the time where Allah SWT wants to bless them with forgiveness. So for me, um, I really want to work on that because it's a time where Allah SWT is very much close, although Allah is close to us all the time. But, you know, it's that time of um, rejuvenation, a connection and you know to establish that better relationship with Allah SWT inshallah again it's, it's a sunnah because it's not an obligation to like you know wake up every single night to perform the tahajud uh, prayers or to have time with Allah SWT but definitely it's a sunnah that I really want to work on this Ramadan and to carry it outside of Ramadan inshallah Amin. Alhamdulillah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it consistent for you and easy for you Alhamdulillah. And uh, this is this is actually a very, very good point. Uh, I think last week as well, during the class, Ustaz Mukhtar mentioned that like the key to catching Laila Tukadar, which is something we all want to catch in Ramadan, is to uh, pray Maghrib and then pray Isha, pray Taraway, and then wake up 15 minutes before Subuh to pray your Tahajud. That way, if you pray that every single day in the month of Ramadan, you will never ever miss Laila Tukadar because in, in, across the entire month, you are making your you know night prayers every day. And uh, subhanAllah, uh, this, this is something that, you know, it, it's also when we, when we, you know, for a start, it's not really uh, very difficult for us to, uh, you know, catch on because, you know, even five minutes before subuh, if you want to catch tahajud prayers, right, you can wake up, just pray two rakats and then pray our witir uh, before uh, subuh starts. Uh, but of course, if you're, if you're fasting, then we will be waking up at sahur and then maybe just five minutes before sahur time and we can finish our prayers. So, uh, subhanAllah. And I think uh, it was also mentioned by Imam Shafi that uh, the dua made during tahajjud is like an arrow that does not miss his target. So really, indeed, the you know, tahajjud prayers is something that is very, very uh, powerful and a lot of uh, potential for change, especially in the month of Ramadan. So, you know, I, I pray that, uh, inshallah, in the month of Ramadan, uh, when you come back, you know, just stumble across this podcast again and you listen to it again. Inshallah, that will motivate you to, to carry on the practice throughout the rest of Ramadan. And inshallah, for us to attain Laila Tukadar and also bring this practice, you know, from, from this Ramadan to the, to the day that Allah decides to take us back to Him. And that will be an indicator of success, you know, that you know, Allah has accepted our deeds, that he's, He has allowed us to carry on for the rest of our lives, inshallah. So thank you so much, Ustaza, for coming up to share your experiences, your wisdom, your advice for our listeners. It's something that even ourselves as, as co-hosts, myself and Sis Hafiza, we really benefited from uh, your sharing. And, and alhamdulillah, you know, it's, it's really a pleasure to have you on our podcast. So uh, normally we will end with Tasbih Kafara and Salat Asr, but I think today I'd like to humbly make the request for you to help us to end our podcast uh, by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Salat Asr. Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal 'asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa 'amilus salihati wa tawassaw bil haqqi wa tawassaw bis sabr. Qul qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum. Thank you Ustaza. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.